this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shot. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. His name was Max. He's got a cool car. <laughs> the last of the V8 Interceptors. How does he know they're the last? He's It's the last. Well... News travels fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a place with no communication. And in the can, wasteland, news travels fast. Nobody can travel over about 20 miles. <laughs> well, obviously, nobody's getting in or out of that place. Yeah. Unless they're getting... Well, we'll get into it. Welcome back to WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. You're sorry. Check my shorts, for Christ's sake. Joining me, as always, is the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. That's that's me. Chikantipas! That's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's my face, sir. <laughs> Speaking of South Park, we should bring up their lovely episode involving the Road Warrior parody. Is the proper condom use episode in Season 5, all the girls... Thought they were going to get AIDS because the boys weren't wearing condoms, just walking around. <laughs> That's the one where Cartman keeps peeing in his. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you gotta change it like every hour. It filled another one up. <laughs> like throws it against the wall. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I totally forgot that was a Road Warrior parody. Yeah, Kenny gets hit with a boomerang. That's how he dies in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Because the girls are in the compound and Butters has the mask on. Just walk away. (laughs) (laughs) We'll spare your lives. (laughs) I'll have to see if I can find that. If it's on demand somewhere. It's pretty good up. I'll have to watch that again. (laughs) I totally forgot. I've probably only seen that one a couple times. But it's been a while. I think I've seen that episode the most. It's one of the best ones. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Teaching uh, sex ed to kindergartners. In fact, it might be on right now. Today's the South Park Day on uh, Comedy Central. Mr. Garrison is teaching all the sexual sexual positions to kindergartners. That's when he was uh, demoted. Pile <laughs> He's demoted to a kindergarten teacher after being fired for being what gay. I can't remember. Yeah, is that what it was? And then they brought him back. But yes, we are talking about the Road Warrior. Or Mad Max 2, as it's actually known. For you international <laughs> listeners. Everywhere outside of the U.S. <laughs> which we can actually uh, discuss that first, because Mad Max was the biggest hit in Australia up until that point. Biggest box office success ever. And it was a huge hit internationally as well, except for the U.S. kind of. It didn't really do too well here. Well, I'd, how what kind of release did it get in the U.S. though? Like I read it got a pretty minimal release. Yeah, it was kind of a regional release, and uh, they also uh, they dubbed the voices because they thought everyone sounded too Australian. <laughs> Even Mel, who was you know American born, yeah, mostly Australian. I think he moved there when he was three. Yeah, something, something like right. that. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, uh, Miller was. Actually, I got a note here. 
Because Miller talks about him not having such a great time uh, making Mad Max because it was kind of a struggle. I think they kind of ran out of money halfway through. Yeah. That's kind of why the beginning is so full of energy and the stunts and a lot of, I think a lot of the production value was spent in that first scene. Well, I think uh, the first Mad Max, didn't they pay a lot of their extras in beer? That could have been. I think I, I believe that. And I think they had a lot of, I think a lot of the like gang members in the first Mad Max were like actual like biker gangs. They're just like, well, you already got a bike. You're here. We'll give you some beer if you'll you'll be in our movie. Yeah, to reference our one of our previous episodes on First Blood, Miller was offered to direct First Blood, but he turned it down because he was gonna make some rock and roll movie under the working title of Roxanne. And he was working with writer Terry Hayes to write this, but the script was ultimately shelved and hmm. never made it. And then uh, he kind of came back to Mad Max thinking, you know, if I did a sequel, I think I could make it a lot better yeah. than the first one. And so Mad Max 2 was born, but studios in the U.S. thought, well, nobody saw Mad Max 1. They're not going to go see Mad Max 2. So They're going to be confused because they're like, I don't know. I can't pick <laughs> up the story. I'm lost here. It's too confusing. I think that's also reason it kind of starts with the intro that it does. I think so. I just read that uh, in Australia they didn't have that intro, okay. that, uh, that opening um, voiceover narration. Because, yep. yeah, when you start watching the movie, it says Mad Max 2. Yeah, I, I just read, too, that uh, the Blu-ray does that, but a lot of the DVD releases still say The Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a change with the more recent Blu-ray uh, release, it sounds like, where they switched back to saying Mad Max 2. But, um, yeah, in Australia, they're like, everybody knows Mad Max, so we don't need to explain all this stuff to you. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I guess they put that in there for the rest of the world to catch up if they hadn't uh, seen the first one. Yeah, I never had them on DVD. Uh, I had to wait forever to get them on Blu-ray because... They kind of had Mad Max on Blu-ray for a while, but the other two weren't. And That's really, weird. Yeah, they released it as a set. That set that I have, it's uh, it was at Best Buy, and it was, hey, we finally have all three in the mm-hmm. same. It was in a steel box, and all three of them were together. So I was like, sweet. It was a pretty decent price. So I, right away, I just didn't even look. I didn't need to look at the back or anything. I just bought it. Yeah. And when I got home, I noticed... There is virtually no fucking special features whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Road Warrior has an introduction by Leonard Maltin, but it's just kind of stuff I that already knew. That seemed weird. Like, Leonard Maltin, why are you introducing films on Blu-rays? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, you can tell it was stock footage from, I don't know if the 80s, but at least the 90s, because he was looking pretty young in there. Well, he, had a, he was a TV critic for the longest time. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he's on TV anymore. I don't know. But uh, I didn't watch that introduction, but I saw that it was on there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if it's just him from his TV show, or maybe he did it just for, you know, some kind of special release of the movie. Maybe they had, a like, a re-release where, you know, they filmed a short introduction by Leonard Maltin um, to play before it in the theater. Yeah, because I know TCM always promotes that with their movies that they put out. 
uh, for re-release, they'll have, uh, you know, come see whatever movie with special introduction by Ben Mankiewicz. Mm-hmm. It's like, that sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> like, could you just show the movie? Yeah, so it only has like one or two special features, which kind of pisses me off. I'm thinking it has this, it's a special release, the first time the trilogy's together in Blu-ray. It's in a steel, that's, that's all they got me. They put it in a steel box, <laughs> steel box of junk. I mean, the video quality's terrific, but yeah, no fucking special features. Are you shitting me? I think there I was have to a, re-buy them. I think there's a director's commentary and then the trailer this is about yeah. it. Isn't much. I want some featurettes. I want some interviews. Do you remember if that came out before Fury Road? Yes, it did. Okay. I think it was kind of part of the lead up to Fury Road. That makes sense. Because I do remember watching them all in order again before Fury Road came out. They must have one with all four of them now, right? Yeah. And actually, well, all five because the fourth one is the black and chrome edition oh, i forgot <laughs> about that but it's the same movie they just yeah <laughs> they just turned the color off yeah. which i don't i haven't seen that version of it but i don't know you know the color is one of the like big selling points isn't it like it's mm-hmm. so for me it is like the cinematography the is just amazing on fury road yeah and a lot of it is the color that they used and that they uh, they were able to manage to get in there and to take away the color. I don't know. I think that kind of... I think I read somewhere that George Miller actually prefers the black and chrome, and he hmm. was one of the guys kind of pushing for it. I don't know. I guess I could watch it at some point and make a decision. Because but... some people allege, like, well, it's just the studio trying to make more money out of this popular movie. Yeah. When in fact, I think it was kind of George Miller kind of on the forefront of that campaign. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see it. That's like the reverse of all these old movies where they they originally were in black and white and now they're like, hey, we'll colorize it. And, uh, <laughs> you don't have to sit through that boring black and white movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now your kids will watch it with you. It's like, here, we'll, we'll put some really fake-looking color in this. <laughs> yeah. World War One in color. Like she definitely <laughs> was wearing a bright green dress and had hella rouge on her cheeks. Mm-hmm. Very red cheeks. It wasn't real rouge though. It was blood. <laughs> they had to spread around. Well, they just pinched her cheeks real hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like the dispute going on between the studios and George Miller might be ending. That's why we haven't had a follow up to Fury Road yet. He's still in dispute with the studios. Yeah, there was a dispute over, I believe, as as quote unquote little as seven million dollars. Really? What over the production for for the budget of the the next one? No, over Fury Road. Oh, there's a discrepancy of seven million. They say that he went over. Yeah, I can't remember. It's not accounted for or something like that. Yeah, like they obviously are both. You know, accusing the other of shorting the other party seven million, basically. I think they made a little more than that on the on the back end. Mm-hmm. So I think that sounds like it'll be resolved pretty quick, according to Miller himself. I read an interview with him a month or two ago, and he seemed to be pretty confident that it should be ending soon. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go with the with the next Mad Max movie. Mm-hmm. They should do a prequel to, so you can find out how the hell he got another V8 interceptor <laughs> since this one blew up. <laughs> I forget that he, he had one in... Uh... On Fury Road in the beginning, he's walking in the desert, right? With that, isn't there like a horse or a donkey carrying a... No, Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. Is that what I said? Wait, he's what? at Fury Road. Oh. Beyond Thunderdome, that's right. I think he has it, but yeah, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So he obviously scavenged what he could. I guess. Should we talk about how confusing it is that the gyro captain and <laughs> the road warrior is the same actor as the helicopter pilot and Beyond Thunderdome, but they're different characters? I mean, the, the plane, he's just a... He's just a pilot. He's yeah, just a pilot of a plane. I couldn't remember what vehicle he was flying in Beyond Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. But he's got a kid in that movie. Same actor, different character. <laughs> but the characters are virtually identical. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we can get to the uh, details here. did want to point out that this was filmed near Broken Hill, which is also where Wake and Fright was filmed. Okay. So, very familiar with this location. A.K.A. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, another fun fact, I have to give credit to the uh, Midnight Movie Cowboys, Stu from Australia. He claims that uh, Lord Humongous himself uh, runs a hi-fi shop, I think, about 10 minutes from his place in uh, Melbourne, I believe. So I be, I'm guessing record store, if he said hi-fi shop, I think he said hi-fi. He so. is the Ayatollah of <laughs> rock and roller. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be sweet if you're just cruising around Melbourne and you just pop into a record store and Lord Humongous is selling records. I wonder how he's looking these days. Yeah. He might still be... Slightly he had, ripped. He's like... Uh, he had some kind of scalp condition back in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that video on uh, Twitter that... Uh, what was he? 89? 89-year-old man deadlifted like 410 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that? Yeah. I think <laughs> I saw that. There's been a few like that where it's like, look at this old guy just you know, throwing weights and <laughs> uh, feel bad about yourself. Yeah. So he, he, I could picture Humongous looking like one of those dudes. Yeah, I could see him having like big arms, but, you know, a big bear belly too. Let's get to the details here. Came out in 1981. Directed by George Miller. Written by Terry Hayes, George Miller, and Brian Hannett. Starring Mel Gibson as Max. Bruce Spence as the gyro captain. Michael Preston as Papagallo. <laughs> Max Phipps as the toady. Vernon Wells as Wes. Vernon Wells <laughs> making another appearance in her similar to Sam after Commando. Another movie where he needs to let off some steam. Mm-hmm. He's very high strung in this movie. And he looks totally different. <laughs> I didn't. I saw his name in the opening credits with his character name. Neither of us recognized him. Which which they don't say a lot of the character names during the movie. Uh, so I don't know who a lot of these characters are. The Toady I figured out, and Lord Humongous I figured out, and Max and the Gyro Captain. But uh, a lot of the other ones, I 
didn't catch their names throughout the entire. I think there was a David. He's the guy that dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Vernon Wells, I did not recognize him at all. He put on a lot of pounds before Commando. Yeah, there's there's like four years between this and Commando, and but yeah, they were not kind to Vernon Wells. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he aged about ten years in that span. Uh, do you know how to pronounce he, Lord Humongous's name? Jill Nilsson? Let me see. K-J-E-L-L. Kel? The, I think the J is silent. So just Kel? Uh, Nilsson? The Humongous, a.k.a. Lord Humongous. Maybe Kiel? Yeah. ML Minty is the feral kid. He's from uh, Sweden. Lord Humongous is from Sweden. Really? I mean, he's got a really Swedish name, so. Yeah. Swedish, not like Swedish. Hmm. See, he was born in, I, I don't see a date here, on IMDb. Well, he was a, uh, it says he came to Australia in 1980 as a trainer of Swedish athletes preparing for the Moscow Olympics. Being a former Olympic class weightlifter himself, yeah. And then he married a uh, Australian actress who uh, convinced him to move back to Australia, and got him into some movies. I have uh, on Wikipedia it says he's born on the nineteenth of December, nineteen forty-nine, in Sweden. Yeah, MDB just says the year forty-nine. Okay, I missed it on there. Looking buff. The feral kid. The first time I watched this, I thought that was a girl. So you just weren't woke enough. He's got a very feminine haircut. <laughs> <laughs> that he does. Uh, Virginia Hay is Warrior Woman. William Zappa as Zeta. Is that uh, one of the famous Zappas? Uh, born in England. Yeah, I'm guessing no. Archie Whiteley is the captain's girl. Is that the one at the 80s? That was the one he was going to run off with. Yeah. She looked uh, pretty young for him. She looked like an extra from Flashdance. I thought she was uh, stuck at the dead end drive-in. Yeah, could have been. Hanging out in the ladies. <laughs> Watch out for those Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> we were both so confused <laughs> it's it's pretty racist uh steve j spears is the mechanic sid halen is the curmudgeon i think it's about all we need synopsis in the post-apocalyptic australian wasteland a cynical drifter agrees to help a small gasoline-rich community escape a horde of bandits. So uh, let's just start with the first clip here. This is that voiceover we talked about that was added for the American release, I guess. That's also pretty similar to the Fury Road uh, intro. Yeah. Very similar. Got some nice uh, shots of Max just standing, staring off into the distance. Mm. (laughs) My life fades. The vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, 
this wasted land. But most of all, I remember the road warrior, the man we called Max. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time, when the world was powered by the black fuel and the desert sprouted great cities of pipe and steel. Gone now, swept away. For reasons long forgotten, two mighty warrior tribes went to war and touched off a blaze which engulfed them all. Without fuel, they were nothing. They'd built a house of straw. A thundering machine sputtered and stopped. Their leaders talked and talked and talked. But nothing could stem the avalanche. Their world crumbled. The cities exploded. A whirlwind of looting. A firestorm of fear. Men began to feed on men. On the roads, it was a white line nightmare. Only those mobile enough to scavenge, brutal enough to pillage, would survive. The gangs took over the highways, ready to wage war for a tank of juice. And in this maelstrom of decay, ordinary men were battered and smashed. Men like Max, the warrior Max. In the roar of an engine, he lost everything. shell of a man, a burnt-out, desolate man, a man haunted by the demons of his past, a man who wandered out into the wasteland, and it was here, in this blighted place, that he learned to live again. So I noticed in the uh, opening credits it said music by Brian May, but it's not that Brian May. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. It's an Australian guy who did a, a lot of Australian films. Brian scores. May from what? Uh, Queen. Okay. Is he... Uh... Is not the guy. I, I know Freddie Mercury is the... No, he's music, not the but... guy that did the music in this movie. It was a different Brian May. I know, but I'm wondering, so was he... Bass, lead guitar. He played uh, guitar. Okay. All right. Anyways. Yeah, so their big uh, apocalypse or whatever wiped everybody out. And then there's Max. Yeah, it's kind of alluded to in Mad Max 1. It seems as if society is crumbling. They don't talk about a big war going on, but... yeah. It's like Mad Max 1 is just kind of like you're getting close to it. <laughs> yeah. And then there is a big thing that happened and then Mad Max 2. Mm-hmm. There was a Judgment Day type <laughs> event. Type of thing, yep. It's pretty much what he alludes to with yeah. the big bombs. And then everybody just talked and talked and talked. <laughs> yep. That would never happen now. We're, we got... People who are action first and talk second. Mm-hmm. 
Just kidding. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> so yeah, we start with a nice little chase sequence in his Ford Falcon V8 Interceptor. I mean, Mad Max has probably like the best overall, the best car chase scenes of just about any action series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can name another one that has that many like really good chase scenes in it what about your personal favorite french connection <laughs> <laughs> what was the sequel to that the chinese connection no it was french connection too oh was there another one after that maybe i don't know but i know there's a french connection too. that's not even a chase he was following the train <laughs> he's chasing the train the train is on tracks you know where it's going <laughs> <laughs> yeah we could say they're just following mel gibson He's but, driving on the road. But you don't know where he's going. <laughs> yeah, you do. He's going to follow the road that they're both on. Did you know he was going to stop and go in reverse? <laughs> but he's still on that same road. Yeah, but he could have turned around. He could have <laughs> taken the left into the desert. That yeah. train's not going backwards. And he's just going to disappear. It's not quick stopping. Disappear into the wasteland like he can't find out where he's going. Well, he could use some evasive maneuvers and cause them to crash into each other. <laughs> I don't think so. Mad Max? Well, I'm just saying That's that exactly what he did. I know. I'm talking about like evasive maneuvers. Like you're not, if you're in the wasteland, you can see for fucking miles. There's no forest that you can kind of hide behind building. Nothing. It's just fucking nothing for miles. I know. But there's that variable. Mm-hmm. He's not on scheduled stops. And fucking Vernon Wells, you know, he wusses out. He shot himself in the arm with an arrow, mm-hmm. which I wasn't sure how he did. I thought he shot through the, the window and hit somebody else, but he's uh, a little bit, uh, after everybody crashes, he's just pulling it out of his arm. Because mm-hmm. he has that uh, crossbow on his wrist. Yeah. And his boy toy on the back. Mm-hmm. yeah that's something you could do a deep dive into their relationship he's pretty distraught after the boomerang there's a uh i'll read i will probably read it when we get to the trivia section but there's an interesting uh tidbit about their relationship that uh it sounds like vernon wells is trying to push a, a, a story that may not be the case i see regarding it uh but as he wants it, to be relevant again. Well, as it stands, uh, it seems like uh, it's uh, it's his boy toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, love the Ford Falcon. Do you have any interesting tidbits about the Ford Falcon? You know a lot more about cars than I do. No, I don't know a lot more about cars than you do. That's not true. Oh, I think you underestimate my lack of car knowledge. I think you overestimate <laughs> my amount of car knowledge. <laughs> well, I don't claim to be a car expert. No, but you're closer to that than I am. <laughs> At least when it comes to Dodge, I'm sure you know a lot more about Dodge specifically. Mm, well, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I'm no expert. All right. I'm like, that car looks cool. It drives <laughs> fast. It's got a big engine. <laughs> <laughs> but does it have a Hemi? That's what you always ask yourself. Like, I miss I'm not that getting guy. rid of my car. I miss that guy. Where's the, that thing got a Hemi guy? 
You know what happened to him? Barack Obama killed him. <laughs> what? <laughs> With his miles per gallon requirements. I see. He killed the, you got a <laughs> Hemi guy. Yeah. Couldn't advertise it anymore. Couldn't have it anymore. Well, they still have them. Actually, they, they're even, the ones they advertise now are even bigger and uh, more more powerful. Do they uh, save a little more on gas than they used to? No, the ones they advertise now are like the Hellcats and the Demons, which are like way worse. <laughs> <laughs> you waste a gallon starting it up. But they have uh they have like seven hundred plus horsepower, so you know. You give a little, you take a little. I do love the interceptors though. Um But you gotta think, uh, for a a world where gasoline is so sparse there are a lot of there are a lot of gas guzzlers in this world. Yeah, and people are constantly driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered about that too. That's why I'm thinking, you know, people can't really travel long distances unless they come across a fucking community with an oil drill, the refinery, <laughs> which uh, they don't even need because they don't drive anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's always the people they're saving that, up. They need to go two thousand miles to paradise. That's true. Because they have a brochure and everything. <laughs> Sunshine. This, this place exists. Sunshine Coast. He's talking about fresh water. Like, far, far as the eye can see, I'm like, that's the ocean. You can't drink that. It's like Dark City. <laughs> did you see Dark City? I did not. With uh, Kiefer Sutherland. This is the Matrix before the Matrix. Mm, yeah, that's what I've heard. <clears throat> so, that's all right. But he's, uh, there's one character that's always trying to get to this vacation spot that there's a billboard for it and he can never get there. Oh. It's very sad. Right. Well, um, along with his trusty dog by his side, which is another, you know, I told you about the kind of the trope of Mel Gibson with it's good with dogs. Yeah. Uh, Lethal Weapon movies. This is another movie he's good with dogs in. Mm-hmm. He almost has like a kinship with them. Yeah. It's like I, an Ace Ventura type relationship with dogs. That's weird. It's like he but, must be a hell of a dog trainer to <laughs> be able to have him do the stuff uh, that the dog does, like I, holding the the trigger with the uh, the bone. Oh my god, I love that scene. And not to look at a was it a rabbit that ran by? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't even phase him. It didn't matter. The gun was empty, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we found out later. Mm. So yeah, uh, after that he comes across uh, Bruce Spence. Well, he finds a gyrocopter by the yeah side of the road, basically. With uh, there's some tig old biddies on the on the yeah. side of that gyrocopter. That's one thing I forgot about his gyrocopter. <laughs> there's tits on the on the tail. Yeah, and a snake on it too. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Max is the only one fast <clears throat> fast enough to catch the snake. I also like how. Every vehicle in the wasteland uses the same gas. <laughs> That's true. I got a gyrocopter. I got a big rig. I got, you know, a V8 interceptor. I got a dune buggy. They're all running on 87. Well, it's funny, though, is like when uh, Max later goes to get the big rig, he takes, he's like, I need like That's three right. different they, they kinds of gas. Yeah. Like I need, I need a bunch of diesel and some high octane gasoline. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they can refine all three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
But didn't he take gas out of that uh, that big rig for his car? Yeah, that's what it kind of kind of looked like. But he also had some reserves in there too, mm-hmm. which were rigged to blow. Yep. But uh, yeah, so he, the the gyro captain pops out. He's hiding underneath. He's buried in the sand, mm-hmm. and he pops out, and he's like, "Aha! I got. Oh wait." <laughs> But he's uh, he's got a crossbow too. He has the upper hand for a minute or two. He has a crossbow. He's gonna put uh, Max. Uh, he's gonna pin his head to the back bumper, and then uh, he's like, "Ah, but you're a smart guy. You'd have a uh, weapon back here. I'm gonna put you against the front panel." <laughs> and then uh, he gets jumped by the dog, mm-hmm. and uh, Max gets the upper hand. Shackles him up, hands and feet. Says, uh, you know, I'm going to leave you here. Except for the gyro captain says, I'll take you to this refinery 20 miles down the road. All the juice you want. All the juice you want. That's right. (laughs) Juice. Um, That was a good one. mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Samuel Jackson. (laughs) It's my beer. <laughs> no, I can't stop yelling because that's the way I talk. Have you ever seen none of my movies? <laughs> I hope all of our listeners are ardent Chappelle Show fans because I don't think three episodes go by without us referencing it at least once. Three episodes? Not, uh, not a one. I think, every, <laughs> I think every episode is at least one Chappelle, one Chappelle Show reference. <laughs> We also do a lot of South Park references, but we hope you can follow along. <laughs> Connect the dots. I can't stop quoting Chappelle's show. It just fits. All right. So, yeah, they come upon the fi- refinery. They're gazing at it from afar. They just chill for a couple days. Yeah. Observe. Just watching. Just watching. Just seeing what's up. Watching all that riffraff. Drive around out front. Mm-hmm. And then, what, was, did the police come and clear them out? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, there's still police out here? Yeah. But then later, the police were part of the gang. Mm-hmm. Well, they stole the police vehicles. I guess. Although, I, the police could have been corrupted and just joined the gang, I guess. You never like, know. Like, hey, what's, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Lord Humongous, he was pretty convincing i guess yeah so should we get into that uh, first lord humongous clip have any other notes before that uh let's see i have a couple actually so while they're waiting up there did you see what max was dining on some good uh, dog food some dinky d dog food that about the same that brad pitt had in once upon time in hollywood <laughs> I don't know if it was rat flavored or raccoon flavored, <laughs> but uh, Dinky D he eats a, a good, good amount of it, mm-hmm. and just chucks it to the dog to finish up. Bruce Spence gets uh, a finger full or two. Old uh, gyro captain cleans up the scraps. Well, fuck, he's anorexic, damn near. He's very skinny. He's got a very flamboyant outfit too. Mm-hmm. He's always really skinny. Remember him and. Uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. He's uh, one of the poachers. 
Okay. I don't remember the last time I watched that. Mm-hmm. It's probably been over 20 years. I see. Because that was about 15 years after this film, and he is the same weight. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Uh yeah, so they he's eating. It was meats and veggies, was what it was. I see, dinky d meats and veggies. Dogs so, need their veggies, so I'm sure that's uh good quality stuff. Um, so yeah, before the Lord Humongous speech, we have the uh, the three cars trying to escape the refinery, mm-hmm. right? And then. Uh, there's a there's a fourth one that comes out. So like the first three are like decoys. Yeah. But then the fourth one gets ambushed, and Max is there watching it as they pull out the driver and the passenger, mm-hmm. shoot the driver in the chest with an arrow, and then they rape the passenger mm-hmm. and then murder her. Yeah. Which is pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. Also, something that factors into. Max's status as an anti-hero because he's not without several flaws. Yeah. Partially due to his inaction, this hmm. couple's murdered. Yeah. He's just watching. I mean, he doesn't like what he sees, but. And he waits till everybody kind of clears out, mm-hmm. you know, and then he goes in and he, he finds out that the, the driver is just wounded. He's still alive. Barely. Yep. So he takes him in, uh, uses it as a way to get into the refinery. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, uh, I'll bring you back uh, as long as you give me all the petrol I can carry. Mm-hmm. So I have a contract with this man. That's the deal. That's the contract. They uh, let him in begrudgingly. Yeah. Mostly because Humongous and everyone is behind him. And that was <laughs> David. David was the driver. I see. That's where also where we uh, we first see the feral child. Mm-hmm. Whose kid is this? Why is there a feral child in an otherwise civilized community? The child of nature. <laughs> where did it come from? Was it born of the community? Or was it already there when the community came there? I think it would have had to have been there before the community came. You think so? Or the and they just built a refinery around <laughs> it? Or the community stumbled upon them in their travels. Maybe. But nobody seems to be going out of their way to teach it to be human. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, that's just how he is. I don't, you know, he does what he wants. We give him food, but we don't have a homeschool set up for him. <laughs> teach him to fucking I don't even, speak. I don't even think they give him food. I think he goes and hunts his own food. But, uh. Yeah, that feral child. And then only the child can figure out the tunnel in and out of the refinery. Nobody can follow him into or out of the refinery. Well, I think the, the tunnel is just small enough you know, for him. I guess nobody can dig. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess. Anyways. Uh, let's they see. don't have enough digging tools. They don't have the time. <laughs> They're too busy revving their engine. <laughs> There's a word for those kind of people. <laughs> uh, you can say that on South Park, but not on Chappelle's show. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, David dies, and uh, they're like, "Well, 
deals off. We didn't hear him say that he'd give you gas. So fuck Your contract you. died with him. Fuck you, Max. Um, but uh, before they can kick him out, they got to close the gate because here comes Lord Humongous and crew. Mm-hmm. Toad is his presenter. The Toady. Toady, yeah. He's kind of like he kind of looks like the toe cutter from the uh, the first one. I don't think he looks like toe cutter. He's got the glasses and he's got the same haircut. I guess. I thought he had kind of like a, he's like, like a, his nerdy brother. <laughs> uh, all right, here's that uh, first clip. Greetings from the humongous. The Lord Humongous, the warrior of the wasteland, the Ayatollah of rock and roller. I am gravely disappointed. Again, you have made me unleash my dogs of war. Look at what remains of your gallant scouts. Why? Because you're selfish. You hold your gasoline. You will not listen to reason. Now, my prisoners say, you plan to take your gasoline out of the wasteland. You send them out this morning to find a vehicle, a rig big enough to hold that fat tank of gas. What a puny plan. Look around you. This is the value of death. See? Nothing can escape. The Among Us rules the wasteland! Give them nothing! Blow it up! The Among Us will not be defined. Now, those early lines there from Toady have inspired some things in the wrestling world. Would you care to elaborate? That is something you are unequivocally an expert on. Well, the Ayatollah of rock and roll... It was a, a nickname that Chris Jericho started using in the 90s. It's totally ripped it off completely, mm-hmm. 100%. Those lines specifically, I don't know if I would say they uh, they inspired a lot more than that. I uh, mean, this movie in, in this general. This movie in general, and like even the Mad Max series, like uh, the, the tag team, the Road Warriors, took their name from this movie, the Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've said that. Um they took their look from a lot of the uh, the goons that uh, were following Lord Humongous. Um, in fact, there was a, a character called the Lord Humongous in uh, as a pro wrestler in Memphis in the mid '80s, and he was played by uh, Psycho Sid, aka Sid Vicious. Okay, who uh, would later on become a big main event star in WCW and WWF. But, uh, yeah, and then there's a lot of other stuff, you know, like uh, the tag team Demolition, their gear looked a lot like Lord Humongous's. I'd say the the tag team The Ascension probably got a lot of their stuff from this movie. Mm -hmm. One of their catchphrases is, Welcome to the Wasteland. Yeah. So... Uh, there's just a lot of stuff like that. Um, so it had a, definitely had a huge influence on pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere that somebody was alleging that 
Jason's mask was inspired by Lord Humongous. I could see that. They're both it, huge fucking dudes. Because I think I saw what Jason 3 is where, or uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 is where Jason gets that mask. Mm-hmm. That was about 82, 83. Yeah, so it came out after The Road Warrior. Yep. So it's possible <laughs> that they just ripped it off. Like, this bag kind of looks stupid. <laughs> and the bag's kind of a ripoff of uh, Town That Dreaded Sundown Yeah, with the Phantom Killer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, like, eh, this bag, I don't know about it. Only has one eye hole. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks weird. That hockey mask looks pretty sweet. I know. And uh, we can also give him a scalp condition where his hair doesn't grow real good. <laughs> <laughs> I like the shot from behind Lord Humongous, like kind of aimed down at the back of his head. Mm-hmm. And Those then wisps like, of you hair. could see like his head looked like it was, his scalp looked like it was moving almost. Yeah. Veins were popping. Yeah. And then you just see the little, like, they're like long hairs just single hairs just kind of every once in a while you you get one of those Mm -hmm. very thin and uh yeah i thought that was pretty cool plus as a olympic weightlifter humongous was in tremendous shape uh, at that point sure was and uh yeah lived up to the name humongous maybe he pumped iron with arnold maybe is Sweden, in the 70s. is Sweden close to Austria? I don't know. They're both in Europe, so they must you be. You think they would cross paths at competitions? Well, Arnold was a bodybuilder, so I don't mm-hmm. know if bodybuilders and weightlifters were kind of running in the same circles. I suppose. All right, so um, right after this clip is when the feral kid pops out and chucks that boomerang, and uh, Wes, yeah. you know, he... Ducks it, Feral Kid gets it back, and then kills his boy toy. Yep. And then he throws it again, and Toady tries to catch <laughs> it and gets all his fingers cut off. I like how the Feral Kid just backflips into that hole. <laughs> so unnecessary. Did you notice that like every scene of the Feral Kid is in fast forward? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny, because it's obvious, too. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if that's... like. I don't know if they just thought that the kid was too slow for what they thought the character should be, or if, I don't know what that choice was, but it's, you know, it's kind of funny seeing him just like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like a Three Stooges almost. Yeah. Yeah, they really slow crank uh, every one of his scenes pretty much, except for when he's just, you know, palling around with uh, Max. Yeah. Like, anytime he's on the move, it's like, got to speed that up. <laughs> it's not fast enough. And uh, then we have uh, the second part of his warning to yep. the people of the community. Gives them an ultimatum. There has been too much violence, too much pain. None here without sin. But I have an honorable compromise. Just walk away. Give you a pump, the oil, the gasoline, and the whole compound, and I spare you lives. Just walk away, I will give you safe passage in wasteland. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. 
Yeah, right before that, he had to spend about a minute calming down Vernon Wells because he was so <laughs> distraught. He yeah, had, he, he had to choke him out. <laughs> Take him away. And <laughs> later, he's got him chained to his car. Yeah, that's why I was like, is, so is that like punishment for, I don't know, freaking out? I guess so. Because <laughs> he's got him next to the victims of the, the previous attempt to, uh, mm-hmm. to head for a rig. And he just kind of releases him. Yeah, get him uh, sicking the dogs on him, so to say. Mm-hmm. Who let the dogs out? Roy. It was Lord Humongous. That it was. By dogs of war. <laughs> <laughs> we have waited too long. Yeah. So uh, they got one day to decide: walk away or die. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, what are we going to do? We need something to uh, pull this uh, tanker truck out or this uh, trailer out of here Mm. with the gas. Well, right before that, you know, they have them chained up and that's when there's an attack. Is it at this point? Yeah. Because I have next. Is is he really chained up for a day? I don't think he's chained up for a whole day. Well, that's later. I don't know if he gets chained up right away. Because Max offers to go get the big rig that we saw earlier in the movie. Yep. Uh, in exchange for all the gasoline he can carry. Mm-hmm. As much juice and, as he uh, can carry. leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's got no contract. So they say Max almost gets caught, but the feral kid helps distract Red Mohawk. Okay, so yeah, this is where the uh, the attack is, I believe. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even Vernon Wells gets in, Vernon Wells gets in, but then he, uh, you know, gets out. Oh no, wait, that's the that's the other attack. I'm sorry. I think that's I after he comes back with the rig. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, he ends up uh, going to find the gyro man. Because mm-hmm. I think this is where the uh, yeah he drives back up to the the hill where he was staying. Yep. And then uh, he says, "Hey, gyro man, fly me to the rig." You go and get the gyrocopter, and there's that dead guy there. He's like, snake always works. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like talking to the dog, like the all incredulous. And says, don't talk. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Told you the snake. It's my snake. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, they... Uh, they fly to the gyro rig or uh, to the big rig, and then uh, Max is like, "Well, I don't need you anymore. Here's the keys. See you later." Mm-hmm. More anti-hero behavior. Always thinking about himself. And then he gets chased to the refinery in the big rig. Yeah, and uh, a couple of the other vehicles actually get in, I believe, before they can close the gate. And that's when Vernon Wells gets in. That's right. Yep, and, he's up uh, on the catwalk. They bust a few tires on the big rig. Lord Humongous shoots out the radiator. Yeah, with those with those gold bullets or what was that? armor piercing bullets, something. Really special bullets. He mm. only pulled one out and he's like, I only need one. And when he loads it later, he only puts in four. I don't know if that's all he had left or he's just like No, eh. he had like a good like fifteen or twenty. But he put in when he puts the cylinder in no, there's like two. In empty the spots. case, I mean. Oh, okay. Like he wasn't out of ammo. Mm-hmm. He's just like I only need to do four. <laughs> I'm going to leave one empty. Don't need to fill them all. Or two empty? Was it a 
six chamber revolver? I think he only left one empty. Because those five chamber ones are pretty rare. I don't know. He got a rotary gun? <laughs> <laughs> don't touch. I bet the kid has an automatic. And he got an automatic? Breda, there it is. <laughs> Slap. Hey, an old-fashioned wheel gun. Ow. Okay, okay. Okay, I just didn't see one in a long time. I didn't think anybody used those things anymore. Boy, I bet you the kid's got an automatic. How about it? You got an automatic? Yep, a Beretta. There it is. Oh, we should mention, too, at the uh, when they go to get the gyrocopter, that's where he finds out that the, uh, the Max's shotgun is empty. Because he he pulls some shells out of the dead body, uh, who uh, was trying to steal the gyrocopter, got mm-hmm. bit by the snake, and uh, he finds one he finds one that's usable potentially. Yeah, and uh, find out later that that is not usable. <laughs> that thing backfires pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Just dud. Uh, so yeah, the gyro captain not too happy to find out that he, <laughs> his gun was empty the entire time. So yeah, uh, they make quick work, basically of the uh, the intruders. A couple of the humongous men come up to the gate, but they yep. got those big flamethrowers up there. And the gyro captain comes in, zooming in, dropping snakes on people. <laughs> <laughs> like, why does he have so many snakes? Where is he getting these snakes from? Does he know. just have like a cooler of snakes <laughs> <laughs> buried out in the desert? Uh, so yeah, they fight them off. They get the gates closed, uh, and the goons retreat for the time being. Uh, and this is where Lord Humongous cuts his pro wrestling promo on the top of the <laughs> hill. <laughs> Nobody gets out of here alive. <laughs> he's just going on and on. I don't even know what he said, but he's like, he's like flexing and sticking his arms out and pointing and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do have another Lord Humongous clip, but before that, we got to find out what's wrong with the truck and what has got to be the funniest moment in this movie. Yep. Okay, listen, everyone. We're going out tonight. You all know what to do. Just get on with it. Timbo, Derek, Papagallo's been hurt. How's the rig? The rig! How is she? Got a cracked timing case cover and it's broken a couple of teeth off the timing gears. Got a cracked timing case cover, it's broken a couple of teeth off the timing gear. The radiator's damaged at the core. The radiator's damaged at the core. Got a cracked water pump. It's got a cracked water pump. And a fractured injector line. It's got a fractured injector line. (laughs) Well, what does all that mean? Yeah, okay, but what does that mean? What does that mean? 24 hours. 24 hours? They've got 12. You've got 12. Okay. okay. Get him down quick. Come on. Half the people in this movie have other people speaking for them. <laughs> <laughs> was the mechanic that he was he like paralyzed from the legs down? Yeah, he didn't have any uh, Cause, legs cause past the knees like, at least. Okay. Cuz he was always like on a bungee thing. Yeah, he had the contraption swinging him around. <laughs> and at the end like, "Well, we'll just put you on top of the on top of the rig." Yeah. You'll be fine up there. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Radiator's damage to the core? <laughs> it's like, your job is just to yell. 
<laughs> and then the leader guy has a guy yell for him. It's like Humongous has a guy yelling for him, basically. <laughs> it's like having translators <laughs> that speak the same language you do. <laughs> I can't be bothered to yell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's at least 40 feet away. But yeah, so... Uh, and then they want Max to... Uh, well, actually, to be fair, the leader was struck with the arrow in his leg. Yeah. He doesn't want to walk all, all the way over there. Right. <laughs> He's like, don't, no, don't, I don't need help. It was kind of funny when he gets the arrow in the leg and he keels over like he got shot in the heart. He's like, ah! <laughs> like, I know it hurts. And you're going to be down for the count for a little bit, but... I mean, Wes pulled an, uh, an arrow out of his own arm and just kept going, <laughs> so... And he doesn't even wear pants. <laughs> He's got cheek chillers on. <laughs> Just uh, bare ass hanging out. So, yeah, then they uh, try to hatch a plan. They know they need to leave. They want Max to drive the big rig. Mm-hmm. And Max is like, that wasn't the deal. I fulfilled my contract. Mm-hmm. Give me I'm my gas. Here. Give me my gas. Fuck I'm y'all. I'm out. And then that damn feral kid. She wants to hitch a ride. Well, that's the thing. Fucking Max shouldn't have given him that, that trinket. That's right. Cause he the pulled music the, box. He pulled that off the dead driver at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah. Plays so you ha- think the feral kid would have seen it before, maybe? Plays happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what the feral kid would have. No, it was off the big rig driver. He pulled it Oh, off. that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was big rig driver, not, the, not, not David. Not David. Yep. Then again, nobody acknowledges this kid. Nobody that lives in the refinery <laughs> even acknowledges that this kid exists. So maybe it's just a a phantasm. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's all in his head. Maybe it doesn't even exist. This, I mean, some of them kind of this feral child kind of look at him, but nobody really addresses him. Nobody, nobody talks about him. Nobody like acknowledges his existence in any way whatsoever except for max i like how he's trying to like stow away in the door of his car like he's <laughs> he had it set up where he was like sitting on the door on yeah the i don't know if there was a, ch- a seat there for like the dog or if mm-hmm. that was like uh if you ever get in a shootout your passenger can swing out and yeah and you know shoot behind you but uh yeah, and Max is like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he throws his shit. Get the fuck out of here. And he uh, he takes off. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I got the V8 Interceptor. He's like, I'm, I'm done. Nobody can compete with me unless they have NOS. <laughs> right. And uh, this is where they wreck his uh, Interceptor. Mm-hmm. Flip that fucker over. Yeah, they run him off the road pretty quick. Uh, Max is a mess. Car is upside down. The dog is slightly injured as well, but Max manages to drag himself behind a rock. Yeah. Where all the marauders come down to take him and all the gas he has. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, Tony makes the fatal mistake. Although uh, it was the guy that was wearing, I think it was the guy in the cop gear that shoots the dog. Yeah. Killing the dog. And he was either going to kill Max or take him prisoner. Mm-hmm. But then that's when the uh, toady blows up the car. The Cause, booby, cause it's booby trapped. Because they were rigged to blow, like he said. Mm-hmm. He wasn't kidding. Why would he kid about something like that? <laughs> rigged to blow. 
since there's a huge plume of smoke because all the gas he just got was blown up. Yeah. Gyrocopter sees him and thinks, Max is in trouble. Mm-hmm. My dear friend Max, <laughs> who's been swindling me for the past three days, who left needs me, help. Who left me shackled <laughs> on a hill with no supplies other than this empty can of dinky do meats and veggies. <laughs> <laughs> or dinky d whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go help my friend. Yeah, he takes him back to the, the refinery because that's the place to go. I'm surprised the gyrocopter can carry two people. Well, I think it was a two-seater. I thought it was one-seater. He's just laying there. I thought it was a one-seater. I think it's a. I think he said it fits two. Mm. Maybe that's where he puts all the bombs that he uses later. Or the, fire bombs. or the snakes. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to throw snakes at people. <laughs> like, like it's something to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember throwing snakes at people. <laughs> Another reference. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah, now Max, he's all fucked up. Half his face is just busted. His eyes swollen shut. His leg was already fucked up from the first movie. He has that uh, brace on it. Yeah. They oiled it up at one point. And then... <laughs> yeah. Before he leaves, they're like, wait. <laughs> you gotta get some oil in there. Like he's the fucking uh, tin man from uh, Wizard he's of He's gonna Oz. get as much juice as he can carry. And he <laughs> needs that oil. Trying to get that oil. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from again? The Chappelle show. That was Black Bush. Trying oh, to get that oil. <laughs> 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 Trying to, to cough it off. Trying to explain the, why they invaded Iraq. Whoops. But to be real, real. Be real, son. <laughs> Trying to kill my father. <laughs> I don't play that shit. <laughs> Try to kill my father. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Max wants to drive the tanker now. Actually, uh, do you have a... I'll, I'll play that Lord, that third Lord Humongous clip. Okay. You have defied me. You will know the vengeance of the Lord Humongous. I promise you Nobody, nobody gets out of here alive. We skip past one of the other clips. Oh. So we'll play it now. This is right before he leaves. They're trying to convince him to stay. Okay. You're a scavenger, Max. I told you, he's leaving. What did I tell you? Huh, he's leaving. Look, I don't have time for long speeches. I want you to drive the tank. Sorry. We had a contract. I kept my part of the bargain. We make a new contract. Got all I need here. You don't have a future. I could offer you that. Rebuild our lives. Max, buy a ticket for 2,000 miles. You have to come, sonny. This is where we're going. Paradise. 2,000 miles from here. Fresh water, plenty of sunshine, nothing to do but breathe. No, thanks. What is it with you? What are you looking for? Come on, Max, everyone's looking for something. You happy out there, are you? 
Hey, wandering. One day blurring into another. You're a scavenger, Max. You're a maggot. You know that? You're living off the corpse of the old world. Tell me your story, Max. Come on, tell me your story. What burns you out, huh? Kill one man too many? See too many people die? Lose some family? Oh, so that's it. You lost some family. You make you something special, does it? Hey? Listen to me. think you're the only one that suffered? We've all been through it in here, but we haven't given up. We're still human beings with dignity. But you, you're out there with the garbage. You're nothing. So they, they, hey, he's leaving. They say all those mean... Say he's leaving. I said he's leaving. I told you he's leaving. <laughs> they say all those mean things about him. Like, no wonder he left. <laughs> But then again, they didn't say those mean things until after he said he was going to just, you know, go ahead with the terms of the original bargain mm-hmm. and leave with all his gasoline. Mm-hmm. So, which this part confuses me a little bit. Like, I understand everything, but it's kind of funny because he tries to get Max to drive the rig, mm-hmm. tries to offer him a future. Yep. You, know, you have a future, you can be part of a community and civilization again, that type of a thing. Yep. But then he just sends him on a suicide mission in the end. <laughs> Gives him a rig with fucking sand in it. It was all ruse. As a decoy. It was all ruse. So he's a fu- he's a fucking liar. I mean he that the leader said that and the leader went with them. Yeah. So he was sacrificing himself as well. Mm-hmm. But I just find it kind of funny that he just basically just fucking lied to him. Unless he somehow came up with the idea after Max left and came back again. Yeah. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. He's going to drive a worthless <laughs> tanker, but I'll go with him. That type of thing. I'm surprised how many people he actually sends. He had to make it look real, I guess. Yeah. Like and he sends everybody. like the best, the best people, mm-hmm. like the most uh, uh, fierce warriors, I guess. Yeah. You would say. Um, but yeah. So after Max comes back and then they say, no, you're not driving the rig. Because we already gave you that offer, and you said no. But you now, can barely even walk. Now it's know. the reverse. Like Max is like, "Yes, I want to drive that rig," and they're saying, "No, you can't drive that." They say rig. there's no new deals, and he goes, "No deal. I want to <laughs> drive it." Yep. And uh, so he wants a little revenge because they killed his dog. It's like John Wick prequel, and uh, he gets his wish granted. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. This is where this is where Humongous has Wes chained up like his little B word. <laughs> yeah, this little bitch. So that's another thing I can't figure out. So did everyone else know the plan except Max that there was no gas in the tank? That I basically, everyone is decoys, and it was most likely a suicide mission. It seems that way because they had barrels on the school bus. Mm-hmm. Now, I think in a best-case scenario, they could have dealt with everyone chasing them. They somehow are victorious over everyone, mm-hmm. all of Humongous' men, 
and then they meet up 200 miles to the north because I think they do mention something like that. They're supposed to meet 200 miles to the north somewhere. Yeah, something like that. But I but, don't foresee how. I mean, they said what? Maybe four or five vehicles with Max? Yeah. And they're supposed to take down yeah. like. 25 <laughs> and i don't know how many barrels they had on the the school bus or maybe they just didn't have that much gas maybe the tank was empty the entire time well and it had some in there you gotta remember they did waste a bit giving it to max and then blowing it all that's up that's true well toady blowing it up that's true and then they blow up the refinery yeah there's so. a time fuse on that i don't know were there other vehicles that went with the school bus? Yes, the, I do remember they seeing don't. a couple. I think that was just for backup protection for them okay. if the decoys didn't work. I wonder if those ones also had gas in them. Yeah, could Tank, have. Tanks or uh, barrels of gasoline. But I, I don't think they had as much as a tanker would have held. Yeah. I mean, there probably wasn't all that many people mm-hmm. on the bus anymore because some of them had already died. Yeah. Some of them went with the decoy. And, and it, so they had to have had maybe a dozen people left. And it might have been just enough to get them to where they're going. 2,000 miles. Yeah. Definitely sure they had enough gas for that. Yeah. So that might have been it's like, we need this much. You know, we'll take that much and then we'll sacrifice the tank. Hopefully we don't come across anyone for 2,000 <laughs> miles. <laughs> we have very little protection. <laughs> Well, who else would be out there? <laughs> <laughs> who run Bardar Town? <laughs> That's somewhere else in the way. Say loud. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I should mention there was a tag team called the Master Blasters. I might have yeah. mentioned that on our Beyond Thunderdome episode, but mm-hmm. there's a tag team called the Master Blasters <laughs> in the 80s. Shortly after Beyond Thunderdome came out. Mm-hmm. So, res- yeah. wrestling loves Mad Max. I also remember the California Love music video. Oh, yeah, the, for Tupac. Tupac yeah. and uh, Dre were dressed in... Um, and Roger Troutman. California Love. <laughs> yeah, they were dressed in the Mad Max attire. California knows how to party. It was all post-apocalyptic setting and whatnot. Fire's burning. And it's like 15 minutes long. We're like, well, this is just Compton on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) We just took all the buildings out. (laughs) CGI. It was 96. (laughs) It was the new craze. Oh, man. Anyways. So, yeah, everybody goes after the tanker. They're like, that's the one we want. We want the gasoline. We don't care about these people. Let them go. We're going to go get their gas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe a 13-minute chase scene ensues. Oh, it's amazing, too. One of the best ever. I think this was the first time I'd seen this one since I saw Fury Road. Mm-hmm. And like I see a lot of similarities between this chase scene and the Fury Road chase scenes. Yeah. I mean, they're both driving semis. So uh, very, I mean, very similar. Fury Road is like... It's like this one on four steroids. Four of these scenes put together. <laughs> On steroids. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they got a couple guards on top of the tanker. They get taken out one by one. One guy gets hooked. Or one person gets hooked. One person gets f- 
put on lit on fire, mm-hmm. and then uh, somebody else gets shot with arrows. Yep. So uh, the woman on top of the rig gets shot with the the four arrow yeah. contraption, which is weird. And then Brick kills uh, the leader with a trident. Did you see that? <laughs> Where did you get a trident? <laughs> it was weird because Humongous throws it from behind him and just like hucks it. It's a weird looking trident. Yeah. And just money right on him. Humongous doesn't miss. Speaking of which, that uh, vehicle that the leader was driving, they had taken from Humongous's horde from earlier because mm-hmm. they'd driven it into the compound. Do you remember that toy? I remember friends who had that as a toy. Like there was some Road Warrior toys and somebody had that car. Like I didn't see the Road Warrior until, I don't know, at least late 90s, if not early 2000s. So like growing up, I'd always, I guess, kind of heard like, oh, that's from the Road Warrior. But I don't remember. I didn't know anybody that had toys from this. Okay. I seem to remember a friend or two having that silver, like dildo looking vehicle. (laughs) I know the Simpsons had a, a car that they claimed to be from Mad Max, but it wasn't, it was kind of different than what was actually in the movie. It was the one where Mel Gibson uh, co-starred. Is that the Canyonero? <laughs> no, Mel Gibson Canyonero. was, <laughs> he was doing a remake of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, Homer and Marge were in a test screening, and Homer had some negative <laughs> feedback. <laughs> and so Mel Gibson's like, oh, my God, this guy hates my movie. What We got to go meet this guy and see how we can fix the movie. Mm-hmm. And then he convinces them to turn it into, like, an action movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But uh, at one point, they're being chased in the in the Road Warrior car. You were allowed to watch Simpsons growing up? I can't remember when I first saw that episode. Because there's a long time where we couldn't watch The Simpsons, but mm-hmm. I might have seen it in high school or college. Okay. Yeah, I remember that episode now, but it's been probably 20 years since I've seen it, or 15. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the car that they claim to be from one of the Mad Max movies, it doesn't really, it looks kind of like the cars from the movies, but I don't think it's actually in the movies. Mm-hmm. The uh, the feral child had hitched a ride. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the back of the big rig, which everyone is trying to. That's the only time they do address him because they do try to drag him <laughs> along with the uh, people in the bus. Yeah, and he does a little uh, twist and pull, gets out of their grass. He's got to go where the action is. Mm-hmm. And then his uh, new daddy. Yeah, at one point the windshield gets uh, shot out of uh, the big rig. Yep, and uh, Max is trying to load his shotgun. Because they gave him some actual working shells at the mm-hmm. refinery. About six. And Because uh, by this time, Wes is on the rig trying to get in, and another guy is yeah. with those, uh, like the claws. He's mm. digging into Gibson's back. Birdshot, buckshot, birdshot, buckshot, <laughs> <laughs> buckshot, buckshot. <laughs> That's the formula. Uh, but he drops one of the shells like on the hood. It goes out of the windshield and then like to the end of the hood of the the big rig and he's like little boy go out there and get it. <laughs> go get it <laughs> so he's hanging on though to be fair the... at this time he does have i think the metal yeah claw in his back plus he's curtain. driving yeah <laughs> so not like... that not that uh he was gonna do it but i don't think he just because he was driving 
I don't know if he would have had the kid go out there, but since it was yeah. a dire moment, I was like, well, if we don't get that shell, then we're both dead. So you got to go out there and get it. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the gyro captain swoops in, but he gets shot down. And then Max pulls a U-turn, and that's kind of how the shell got thrown out onto the hood. When the gyrocopter crashes, that was kind of another funny moment in physics history. <laughs> he gets shot out of the sky by, I think, humongous, right? Yeah, it must have been with one of his uh, golden bullets. <laughs> and he's up, what, about like 50 to 100 feet and comes crashing down, like kind of slowly, but then yeah. it just kind of. <laughs> like it sticks into the sand or you think it would have been a little more disastrous not mm-hmm. that there should have been a big ball of fire but and he survives of course mm-hmm. let's see oh yeah wes shows up <laughs> yeah he tries to get the feral child but he can't get it mm-hmm. and then there's that head-on collision with the big rig and lord humongous <laughs> with the wes right in the middle yeah it's so weird humongous like what's he doing there he he hit the nos so he's just kind of out of control yeah he's going too fast but it's like they must have never used that nos before or something (laughs) and the max is like i got the cattle pusher on the front so Mm -hmm. i'm good to go but uh yeah that's that's when the big rig uh flips over too yeah so that's kind of the end of the the chase everybody on the the bad side is dead. Max is kind of like the only one living on his side. Him and the feral child. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're, and then they're the gyro on somebody yeah. else because the feral child rejoins the group. Well, the gyro captain yeah. survived too. I think he brings them, or the him chi- and the feral child, to the group. Yeah. And then they, uh, Max is just there. He's like, all I got is sand. Mm-hmm. What do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, you got me. Well, he's got plenty to scavenge. That's true. There's about five miles of just car parts everywhere. And he's got to go back and get his interceptor so he can drag it along the desert. So that's the thing. I don't. He's got to find a new interceptor somewhere. Yeah. Because that thing was blown the fuck up. That's true. That is true. Now that you mentioned it, I'd forgotten that uh, it blew up sky high. But yeah, that's the end of the movie. We just find out that the narrator is the feral child later in life. He became the leader of the tribe. So the gyro captain was the leader, and then the Mm -hmm. feral child replaced him as the leader. Which is funny, because nobody acknowledges your existence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the gyro captain was going to get that girl to go with him. The girl who was like 16. Yeah. And she uh, <laughs> thinks twice about it and says, well. The gyro captain's like 45. Anyways, yep. They end up, they get to where they're going, you know, and everything's a happy ending except uh, Max is kind of SOL on his own. Mm-hmm. Back to where he started. Yeah, this film is easily a top five action film of all time. Arguably the best i mean it just uh, it holds up perfectly oh yeah because it's basically one big chase it's kind of like fury road in that way i think there's more story to this than fury road um which is why i like this one better i don't know about that they're both lacking of a massive plot 
I mean, you get the the new toe cutter, Morton Joe, yeah. in the Fear Road, that has that whole society where he's, you know, raping all those women, breeding all those war boys, mm-hmm. restricting water to those people that he controls, and that huge compound. Yeah. So I mean, it's I'd say it's about the same. Actually, maybe even a little more with uh, Fury Road because you have Furiosa and her backstory in relation to all those women. All those women are out in the desert and right. their story. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say Fury Road has less of a plot. But I don't know. I like uh, The Road Warrior is my favorite one. Yeah, it's um, Fury Road's probably second. It's a perfect, perfect film. The stunts are just just unheard of at this time. Yeah. They're like, so dangerous. Like all the Mad Max movies are just like, we're just going to do them. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of people there that got hurt in the final chase sequence. Yeah. Luckily for them, George Miller is a, do- a trained doctor. He's able to uh, tend to them. It was one of the fun facts I was reading about. I did see uh, there was one fun fact where... I don't know which scene, if it was at the at the beginning of the movie or in the final sequence, but one of the stunt, uh, one of the motorcycle riders uh, crashed when he wasn't supposed to, or not how he was supposed to. He broke his leg, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they left that in the movie. There was also another... Uh, you just want to get into fun facts now, or do you have something more you want to add? No, I was just uh, reciting fun facts. Okay. Let's do it for realsies. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. So, yeah, here's the one I was talking about. The tanker roll stunt at the end of the chase was deemed so dangerous that the stunt driver was not allowed to eat any food 12 hours before the shot in the likely event that he could be rushed into surgery. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, good on you for signing up for that. (laughs) Here's a fun fact. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, different way to look at it. Although set in post-apocalyptic Australian outback, this film is generally considered by film scholars to fit the Western, that is, American Old West archetype. Hmm. The film's tale of a community of settlers moved to defend themselves against a roving band of marauders follows a Western frontier movie motif, as does Max's role as a hardened man who rediscovers his humanity when he decides to help the settlers. The costuming is even similar to a traditional Western as the good guys wear conservative, mostly white clothing, while the bad guys wear more aggressive black costumes. Exceptions to this are Max, who is an anti-hero, and uh, Gyro Pilot wears mostly yellow. He's kind of a coward, yeah. a cowardly character. And the feral kid who wears skins of, and furs goes along with his feral nature. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Uh, and it does follow similar plot outlines for American frontier westerns. Yeah, a lot of similar stories out there. I mean, when you break it down like that, definitely can see the the similarities. It's just something I never really thought to consider, because they always just consider the Mad Max films. Yeah, they're post-apocalyptic science fiction. Yeah, especially when you get into Thunder Road, or sorry, um, Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. And you uh, come upon a town that's fueled by pig farts. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Which is also 
kind of possible. I mean, I grew up on a hog farm growing up, so I'm like looking at that, and I'm like, you know, I could see it. I could see it. <laughs> I mean, it's just running on methane. That's all it is. But with their steampunk way of doing it, it's kind of weird, but yeah. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. Uh, although it might not look it, the location was actually extremely cold. Mel Gibson would spend his time between takes huddled under blankets, despite being dressed in a leather outfit, while the Marauders suffered in particular with their costumes, which deliberately exposed their buttocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they filmed it during the winter. I remember reading that. Here's another fun fact. You know, some had speculated that the feral kid was Tom Hardy's Max in Fear Road, like he grew oh, up to yeah. be him. But George Miller even squashed that with a four-issue Vertigo comic series co-written by Miller establishes that Hardy's Max is the same character as Mel Gibson's Max. As it should be. Okay. Uh, Humongous's pistol case contains an ornamental skull and crossbones. It appears to be the Totenkampf, or Death's Head, design an infamous emblem of the Nazi SS. Ooh. The uh, original cut of the movie was a lot bloodier and more violent, but was cut down heavily by Australian censors. When it was submitted to the MPAA, two additional scenes, including Wes graphically pulling an arrow out of his arm and a close-up shot of him pulling the boomerang out of his dead boyfriend's head, were cut down. Uh, Although there is a version that includes MPAA cuts, there never was any fully uncut version with pre MPAA cuts included. Okay. Do you want to get into the... Did you find that uh, boyfriend fun fact? Yeah. The Vernon Wells thing? I was just going to bring that up. Uh, According to Vernon Wells, (laughs) Wes's partner, a.k.a. Golden Boy, wasn't actually a sexual partner. Wells says there was a deleted scene which explained that Wes rescued Golden Boy as a child and became a sort of surrogate father to him. Uh, However... There's no evidence of this aside from his statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, this was the conclusion of the Mad Max story, which Max's fate would have never been revealed. And George Miller, Terry Hayes, and Byron Kennedy had no intentions of making a third installment. However, George Miller had planned to make a post-apocalyptic Lord of the Flies film about a tribe of children living in the wild who were found by an adult. When Miller was suggested that Mad Max is the adult who finds the children, it became Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and totally ruined the fucking movie. (laughs) I do love the first half of Thunderdome. Then it just goes downhill once the kids are involved. I mean, we did a whole episode on it, Mm -hmm. so uh, if you want to hear more of our thoughts, you can check that out. I still like it overall. It's enjoyable to me, but... yeah. You know, it doesn't hold a candle to the first two, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, overall. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it's like also have a special. PG-13 as well. Yeah. It's always weird when they go to PG-13. Like, you're mm-hmm. just making a cash grab. Here's another fun fact. Uh, the logo on the tank truck is Seven Sisters Oil, a reference to a conspiracy theory popular before OPEC conspiracy theories took over. That Standard Oil and six other companies controlled the world oil market and bought it up, or I'm sorry, and bought up and suppressed a 100 mile per gallon carburetor and so on to keep oil prices up. A radiator was damaged to the core? (laughs) 
Uh, Max's friendship with the feral kid was inspired by Shane, the 1953 movie. A nod to the friendship between Shane and Joey Starrett. I've been meaning to watch Shane since I saw Logan. And I just haven't done it. Have you seen Shane? No. So, Humongous was originally supposed to be Max's partner, Jim Goose. The production decided against this, but left a few hints, such as horrible burns behind Humongous's goalie mask, his uh, Raiders' use of police vehicles, and his own use of similar weapon to the MFP's standard firearm, or sidearm. And that is a scientific fact! Uh, The picture of the nude woman on the vertical stabilizer of the gyro is Karen Price. Playboy's January 1981 centerfold. Ooh, current for the time. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, she's most noticeable when Max first, first approaches the machine while the gyro captain is hiding under the sand. Hmm. And you're right, it says that when the gyro copter flies off carrying two people, one of them is a dummy because two people, two real people, would have been too heavy for the machine to carry. Here's a fun fact. According to Emil Minty, Mel Gibson taught him how to throw a boomerang into headbutt people without hurting them. <laughs> Mel Gibson, the master of the fake headbutt. Mm. I think that's probably about it. Yeah, there's plenty more on here. Some of them are redundant and others just maybe less important. But yep. might still, I mean, there's... 145 little bits of quote-unquote trivia on IMDb, so you might be able to find a few more gems in there, but I think we covered most of it. That's the end of the Summer of Sam. Final one. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? We've made it. Yeah, I'll probably release this episode maybe this weekend. Um, Labor Day weekend's coming up now, so we know what that means. It's September... And we're doing our horror extravaganza. Yeah. So next week we'll be releasing a recently seen up and an episode on Motel Hell from 1980, I believe. Yeah, we've been thinking about doing that one for a while now and are mm-hmm. finally getting to it. Yep. It's kind of a spoof on uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like a horror satire. Yeah. And so we'll be looking out for that. And then the following week, I think we'll be doing a recently seen episode with a review of It Chapter 2, or at least an in-depth discussion. So we'll be looking out for all that. Um, Do you have a code for the Teespring for September? Yes. Oh, we're going to put some new merch up, including a special uh, item or designed for the horror extravaganza, mm-hmm. including our turning into a real mark design. Yep. And the code for September and October to get 10% off is going to be HORROR, H-O-R-R-O-R. Does it have to be capitalized or anything? Uh, I'll probably put it in that way. If it doesn't work the way you put it in, try putting it in all caps. All right. Perfect. I'll, I'll tweet that out too. Maybe Mulder will tweet it out from our show account. I don't know. He doesn't. Probably both. He doesn't tweet our stuff. I retweet. (laughs) (laughs) So be on the lookout for that. 
Uh, I am going to retire some of the uh, older designs uh, from the store. So if you want to get the Neon USA or Mr. Positivity Wolfie T designs, uh, if this comes out before I take them out, go ahead and get them while you can. Uh if you missed your chance and you uh, still want one, you can let me know. I can, I can uh, get that back up there for you to order. But uh, we're gonna take those down at least for the time being. Maybe we might bring them back later, though. Okay. And that's teespring.com/stores/wtmwatchthismovie. All right. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie and Brett at positively wolf one. Check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. And please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. Alright, check you later. Bye. Later. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you're off my case.